Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kool Aid. I'm so chilly because it's 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 the cold open. It's the cold. It's the cold open. The cold open. Goodness gracious, Jesus Christ! Will the cold never end? Will it ever end? Will it ever so cold? We know winter's coming around the corner. It's fall. Our favorite. I think it's both of our favorite. Oh, seasons? Hell yeah. Fall is by far the most superior season. It is. No contest. Sweater weather. Our birthdays are in. And yes, I say mm. our birthdays because beep, 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 beep. we share the same birthday is in the fall. And it's not too cold. It's not too hot. Some days mm-hmm. get cooler than others. And then the beautiful leave changing. Oh, man, it, it's it's good stuff. You get colors. You get you get colors in nature. You get you get Halloween. You yeah. get fucking Christmas. You get fucking any any excuse ever to like socially give presents tends to come in the fucking fall yeah you, so yeah yeah you the get fall, i guess winter is more presents but like mm-hmm. whatever the cold times well, I mean, the technically, colden times technically christmas is in fall does winter start after the 25th mm, okay now i need to educate myself on equinoxes and all that goodness here goes nothing fam taking the journey here's the rabbit hole um when does oh nope it's just just outside got I thought so. I was like, I was like, I think December is def like like yeah. peak beginning winter. It's the twenty first, so I wasn't too far off. Mm, mm-hmm. It's the twenty first, but hey, Thanksgiving is in fall. Thanksgiving's in fall. That's the bet. I think that's the better of the two holidays. It it is. It is for. It has much more awful origins. Yeah, but it, I'll tell you what. Yeah, as long as there's something other than turkey there, I'm a happy boy. Yeah, yeah. You you are correct about the origins. Horrid that how we got there and how white people were like, but. We give thanks. It's like, yeah, but you also murdered. Um, uh, you also well, give genocide yep. and like and you disease. Give, yeah, and uh, disease. but yeah, but if you turn it on its head and it's like, hey, it's just friends giving. Yeah, you get food and turkey is dry as shit. It is. Mm-mm. It it's is like napkins. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was like, it, and I I can't claim that joke unfortunately because I think that is something that Jake Peralta says in Brooklyn Nine Nine, but it has stuck with me because it is so accurate. Yeah, it is. I mean, when I did eat meat, ham was the more superior. If you had mm. to get like a big thing for everyone, mm-hmm. or just a roast, any any other animal besides the turkey they're dumb and they don't taste good we made a mistake everyone reverse the food timeline we need to tell a farmer centuries late like before that the turkeys they're not worth it it gets so much better i promise it's so bad that even cauliflower i think is better than turkey like i would take a nice roasted like head of cauliflower steak Yep. over a turkey i would and i'm yep. a carnivore yeah i don't yeah i i've made i've made roasted cauliflower taste better and juicier <laughs> and see that's turkey. the thing everyone's like oh you just haven't had turkey cooked right like you yeah. have to have turkey cooked right and it's juicy and flavorful and i'm like listen you can soak the napkin in all the fat you want it's still not anything more than a napkin yeah i mean like you can't okay so you can do like fried and then like the skin's good but then after that it's just like okay that you have like less than a millimeter of tasty yeah 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 can we just get rid of that period <laughs> that's just is not there a way stable. yeah is there a way to make the turkey all skin <laughs> could there be 
<laughs> could we find right. a way right to make the turkey all skin because <laughs> the turkey skin is good uh yeah i know some rich folks who just do cornish hens for people it's like everyone gets their own personal cornish hen i'm like that's a lot <laughs> Okay, yeah, so now we know where to host next week's stream theory. Right. Like the most pretentious place on right. earth. Right. <laughs> there you go, folks. Welcome, 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 one and all, back to another jam-packed episode of Too Many Flicks. I'm Ben. I'm Ian. And we are going to give you the rundown of the show if this is your first time listening. So what we do is we start off with trailer versus trailer. That's right. We pick two trailers that interest us personally. We pit them against each other to see which trailer is the better trailer because we know trailers are an art form in and of themselves. All right, with that, we move on to some news. That's right, Flix News. We give you the news, the hottest news of the week and our weeks. We compile extra, them of what, extra, about what, all about it. exactly, about what interest, <laughs> again, us, because this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Look at that. I just did that. Pew. It doesn't make any sense. Um, blah, blah. And then we analyze that and we give our uh, fine tooth comb of what we think and how we think that might affect the industry as a whole. And then we give a hot take. Sometimes our get, we have a guest give a hot take with us and it's something that might ruffle your feathers. It's going to be hot. It's going to be juicy. You're going to be like, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I might agree with that. I don't know. It's it's divisive sometimes, and sometimes you'll mm-hmm. love it. I don't know. That's why it's a hot day, goddammit. And then after that, we do trivia, because what is a show without trying to educate the masses? It's nothing. All right? So let's mm-hmm. get into this shit, because it's the best podcast that you'll listen to on a Wednesday morning after you just had a McGriddle. Specifically a McGriddle from Mc... I don't it's know. They, we, they don't sponsor the us. <laughs> if, you get, if you get the Egg McMuffin, yeah. you know, there's probably something better out there. Absolutely. Like, maybe you're more a cereal person. Yeah, that yeah. Day. If you get the, the, you know, like, what's the chicken biscuit one? Maybe you get the chicken biscuit one. Maybe you do you that. You know, maybe we're only gonna be, like, the third best podcast you could right. listen to at that point. But maybe you do a tofu skillet. You just, you know, you like uh, me you're vegan it's like ah, i don't know nope that, this might be the fourth who knows but after that mcgriddle we're gonna be number one we're number one you get that mcgriddle in hand and baby you got a stew going yeah right at least 10 percent of the time all of the time all right with that being said let's <laughs> fucking get into the show trailer versus trailer all righty then mm-hmm. welcome 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 friends to trailer versus trailer we are here kicking off the competition in the laundry corner <laughs> we have that's just a corner where i put my laundry i need to get done mm-hmm. we have death on the nile death on the nile is going to premiere october 23rd it is directed by kenneth brana and it's starring gal gadot army hammer rose leslie so Sophie Okanedo, and many, many more. And I think even you, Ben, spotted Russell Brand. Yep, he's in this bad boy. Woo, all right. Yeah, Russell. Ru- Russell. Russell. Oh. Yep, he up in here. <laughs> 
The premise, you might ask? Kenneth Branagh keeps chugging along in his efforts to restage Agatha Christie novels, this time with 100% more Gal Gadot. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Yo, what? He's like, they, that's just, just, he's a poster boy for those novels now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's sort of like the modern, uh, arbiter is the wrong word, but I'm going to use it. He's the modern Agatha Christie arbiter, I guess. Right. <laughs> we can't do a movie without Kenneth Branagh if it's Agatha Christie. All right, all right. So, our, our thoughts on this trailer. Um, here, I'll share my thoughts first, if you don't mind. Please, yeah, kick it off. Take it. Uh, see. it what do you feel? The trailer is a uh, very competently made trailer. Mm. There's some really cool set pieces. There's some really great costume designs. Um, the acting seemed okay. I didn't get a lot of it. Gal Gadot can act. Sometimes, she. to me, I think she needs a very good director. Mm. Um, there was a scene here where I was like, I don't know if I'm buying you 110%, but you know, I again, that was very quick. Sometimes it's very hard to gauge a per- person's performance, and it also could be because of editing. Because we know if you watch the show, you, editing can make or break a performance. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, yeah, it's pretty. The location looks dope. Uh, the sound, though, yeah, I think this the, the music in the first trailer, the um, Murder on the Orient Express, was mm-hmm. all over the place. This one's a little bit better, but it's still a miss for me. I have a pet peeve about using other things that aren't of that period in time or try to do something fun with the, that period in time with the music and just it seems very pop heavy but that's exactly what they're going for right they're trying it to reach an audience very poppy song yeah yeah they're trying to reach that type of audience who's like yeah this can might be a murder mystery but we're gonna have teens anywhere from four, 12 to i don't know 35 who want to watch this movie so it's going to sure. be targeted to yeah. to them and not necessarily me I don't know. Uh, Ian, what did you think? I, I agree with a, with a whole lot of that. It is an incredibly competent trailer. It looks mm-hmm. pr- like pretty in regards to its production. The costumes are always going to like be a big appeal. Like, you know, this, but for all that, all of that prettiness, all like as gorgeous as it looks, it doesn't necessarily like ignite me, which it, as you pointed out, it may just be that we are not uh, the target of the murder mystery demographic. Mm-hmm. I think for me, this, this looks like it almost takes itself a little too seriously Mm, yeah because i don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with the murder mystery uh old-timey detective genre i think it can be quite fun and the fact that this like the trailer i don't know if the movie is because full disclosure i haven't seen murder on the orient express in fact one of my first notes as i watched the trailer was like god does this mean i have to watch orient express now murder on the orient express so (laughs) um Right. So maybe the trailers are just much more dour and dire than the actual movie ends up being because the first one's trailer is kind of like, you know, stone cold serious too, but there there is a little bit of uh, levity in play. Mm-hmm. This one, it just felt like so serious. Like the whole thing, like I have seen many murders in the past. I have caught many criminals. What I have seen here has shaken my soul to its core. She has like, I'm oh like, I'm like, my dude, 
like okay like right what what is this then like what <laughs> is like it's a what, lot of shit man <laughs> yeah that's 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 a lot yeah. right there like it's extra i it's very extra and maybe that's why i was like okay like so maybe maybe that does translate into fun in the actual picture itself but for me it didn't really work in this trailer i was like oh my goodness right um oh god what was uh i love the little tagline that they put up on the end the little title card that says murder was just the beginning and i was like yeah it's a murder mystery right <laughs> yeah, what did the very fuck much the with? beginning <laughs> of every fucking murder mystery right. is the murder he's the goddamn murder <laughs> shit the fuck you I- mean <laughs> Jeez, uh, yeah, dude, it, th- there was something fun, even if the music was an odd choice in the first trailer. There was something fun about that first trailer. I hadn't seen the movie either because it's not my thing at all, yeah. like in the slightest. Well, and for people who haven't seen it, I think th- what the, the risk that the first trailer does really well that this trailer doesn't is that they actually just allow uh, a, a, a scene to happen, which we've right. talked about in the past. There are trailers like it's kind of a risk. A lot of marketing teams, it seems like in trailer houses, seem to be under the impression that the only way you can capture an audience's attention is like with quick snappy music and montages right when in actuality sometimes the very act of just letting a scene go if it if, it, is if you cast good people with good writing is enough yep and so there is just like in the first trailer that murder on the orient express does well is it's just a long tracking shot as we go through all of the potential uh, perpetrators of the murder as Poirot like sort of like answers all of their ancillary questions like oh my god there's a murder who could have been murdered and it's like the doctor, the professor, as they all speak. And mm-hmm. finally, Willem Dafoe's character, I think he's like the professor or something, is like, and who might you be or something? And it turns around and it's like, my name is Hercule Poirot, and I might be the greatest detective in the world. Like, <laughs> fun. Love it. Right, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, it's yeah, it lost also, in this one. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, that is definitely lost in this one. Uh, it always bothers me when the cast is this star-studded, too. It feels like they're trying to sell you too hard. Maybe. Exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. look at all these up-and-coming stars in this one movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did work for the um, Ryan Johnson film. Um, Knives Out. Knives Out. Yeah. So it does have potential to work. In this instance, it's very much like, come and get this money. The agents mm-hmm. are like, we need this money. <laughs> we don't give a fuck how. Like, it's not going to be absolute trash, but it's definitely going to be hot mediocrity. So, like, yeah. let's get this money. <laughs> I think it's going to be very difficult for this right. movie too. Mm-hmm. After Knives Out has sort of changed attitudes and minds and perceptions mm-hmm. of the murder mystery genre and how it can be presented. Yep. I'm wondering if there won't be like a little like if this style of detective story won't have a little more pushback, won't have a more more of an uphill battle. Uh, yeah, it might. Uh, didn't those movies come out at the same like around the same time? Knives Out and Murder on the Orient Express. I believe they were the no. same year. No, I think Murder on the Orient Express actually came out uh, like sixteen. Damn, has it been that long? It's no been a few way. years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty seventeen. Forgive me. So about two years prior to Knives Out. <sighs> You're right. You're absolutely right. So that was time to breathe. The Knives mm-hmm. Out came and was like, well, hold on. We saw what you did, but like, look at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, here's the yeah. thing. Like Ryan Johnson clearly loves the genre like i bet he and kenneth brana if they are ever put in the same room would be mildly insufferable in how they would geek out over this genre oh 100 
it would absolutely be charming, but it'd also be insufferable. I, 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 I think Ryan Johnson fundamentally, with how he played around with the genre mm-hmm. of a, a detective murder mystery in Knives Out, kind of changed the way that audiences, I think, will perceive uh, or uh, uh, receive mm-hmm. the, the stories like this now. And so I'm curious to see how it goes. I do need to see Murder on the Orient Express because I don't know again. Maybe this there's a lot more levity than I know. But um, yeah, this trailer this trailer's fine. Yeah, it's a very fine trailer. It looks like. Uh... It, will, it, it looks like a type of movie that would make its money back if that, and that will just be very fine. You go on like a Tuesday afternoon, no one's there but you and maybe another person in the front row and the movie's playing. So you mm-hmm. get the whole theater to yourself. That's just how I, I feel about it. Um, that saying it's bad or good. It's just also when it becomes, when it's on a streaming platform, you can throw it on in the background and get to the end. Like, oh yeah, I kind of guessed that person killed everyone. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, that is with that. So let's move on to the challenger this week on Trailer versus Trailer. Up next in the cat corner, the kitty corner, bunch Ooh. of cats hang out. Cool cats are actual felines. <laughs> we have Judas and the Black Messiah. You know we couldn't go without actually talking about this fucking trailer. No, no. Yep. And it comes out sometime in 2021. Pa- you know, COVID, pandemics, it happens. I'm sure we'll get a date mm. soon. Um, but unlike some movies I know, they're releasing it in a timely manner. One that suits people from, you know, and not put people at risk of catching a virus. Oh, God. What? Shots fired. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Shaka King and starring Daniel Kalua, Lakeith Stanfield, Dominique Fishback, Laurel Howery, Martin Sheen, and Jesse Plemons. A biographical look at the relationship between the chairman of Illinois Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton, and Willem O'Neill, the FBI informant who would go on to betray him. Oh, I'm so glad that this is getting some light shown on it. Fred Hampton was not in our history books Mm -hmm. in high school. He never was talked about. He was unceremoniously assassinated in his own apartment by Chicago cops because ACAB. Um, and yeah, this is uh, for a lot of people watching this trailer will be the first time they heard about Fred Hampton. If you don't live in Chicago or Illinois, the state of Illinois, period. Um, and that's a damn shame. But I'm glad that this story is being told. Um, and with that being said, this trailer is amazing. It's one of the best trailers I've seen all year. It's shot well. It's mm-hmm. edited beautifully. I love the voiceover of Kalua's um, portraying Fred Hampton and the repetition of everything i am a revolutionary i am a revolutionary it's just and the call and response to that Mm -hmm. um and then have having lakeith stanfield character not really say anything but having all the words being spoken by daniel kalua for the most part and just seeing his reactions to things and how much pressure he's under and all these other things um and just that voice that you keep hearing over and over again that revolutionary that activism that uh fred hampton was about and how you can see just by having that voiceover how it moves lakeith 
Stanfield's character, William O'Neill. Oh, not William O'Neill. Yeah, no, William O'Neill. Pardon. William O'Neill. It's just, it's phenomenal. Y'all, if you haven't checked out this trailer, do yourself a favor. This is almost not fair because we have one trailer and we'll, we'll get into who won the trailer, but I mean, like, come on, like, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, we got one trailer is just very fine and on any other day probably would have won, right? And you got fucking this, which mm-hmm. is, which is like a masterful way. I don't know if the movie will be as masterful. I would think because it's such a sensitive uh, topic, such a historically accurate, hopefully, depiction of what happened that day, uh, in those days in that time. Um, so, I mean, like one, it would have been hard to fuck up. It could have been done. I mean, we've seen directors fuck up some stuff that should not have been fucked up. Sure. Um, to, it's this just, was a gimme. How'd you fuck it up? <laughs> it, like you said, it was a gimme. It's it's brilliant. It's breathtaking. I, I don't think I can, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and take up all the time about it because the less I say about it and the more time you have to watch it, mm. I think that will serve its purpose a lot better. It's just so hard for me to describe what it is um and i think it's just better to be viewed um and you have a tall task like i did already to you tell the people about <laughs> this oh, man. fucking wonderful um, trailer yeah the oh, okay um first of all i don't know why they bothered to put uh at about 136 into this trailer out of the one minute and 47 seconds at about 136 of this trailer they throw up a title card that says uh academy award nominee daniel kalua and i don't know why they wasted all that extra time and effort to spell out nominee when they could have just put like winner i'm pretty sure it's shorter uh and going to be a factual <laughs> statement once the film release is in 2021 yeah um no holy shit though this this trailer is peak trailer uh uh the soundtrack is incredible the song Mm -hmm. that they found for this uh i looked in the comments and someone uh, i i don't remember the the user i'm sorry user if you just serendipitously stumble on this episode uh they said holy shit this song is an adrenaline activator and i was like absolutely like this dark sort of like uh thundering drums with like a grimy sort of like uh almost sort of like foghorn call like like one of those Mm -hmm. like weird distorted like uh warbles um Mm -hmm. and from the very first minute of just like those clicks of like and it's daniel kalua and he turns around and he faces the camera and he tells you exactly who he is and there is not a a moment like the the confidence mm-hmm. the fucking assertion and the effortlessness with which he delivers the lines you know like fred hampton chairman of the black panther illinois chapter party like and just like this like little like look down and up so this is this is fun and i'm not going to talk too much more because you made an excellent point just go fucking watch it don't listen to us talk about this mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a fun little thing that they always try to teach uh, actors who are getting on camera for the first time is like, don't break eye contact with wherever your eye line is because it makes you look weak. Mm, mm-hmm. Something that Kaluid does in this that I think is so fucking good in the very first few seconds that he is on screen is as he's introducing himself as Fred Hampton, he does this like little look down and look back up. And it totally is like the exception to that rule that they teach young actors. Like don't break eyeline. It's just like, it's this flex of like, I am so comfortable in this portrayal. Yes. Like I'm a, I'm a break the rules and I'm gonna look right back at you and I'm going to be all the smugger for it. Like, <laughs> I cannot stress how good this motherfucker is going to be. Real quick, I'm just going to rattle off all the good shit so I don't take up too much more time. Jesse Plemons, it looks incredibly upsetting. Like, holy fuck. Like, the the way that they utilize him in this trailer is phenomenal. Uh, The the way that they juxtapose uh, Jesse Plemons' character's text with the actual images of Fred Hampton on screen. You know, he's like, he, it's so precise and particular and what a 
great thing. He says, uh, as we are shown on screen, a picture of a group of young black men laughing in a car that then cuts to uh, a young black couple like in bed together, like sort of like playing like this peekaboo loving game. We hear Jesse Plemons, the FBI agent, say their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. Mm. And, and just like the juxtaposition of those images with text, like sure, like the powers that be may be saying X, but we're just going to show you why we're going to show mm-hmm. like Z we're going to show the actual the actuality of it like whatever trailer house cut this trailer together kudos because it is fucking incredible um absolutely go watch it one minute and 47 seconds it accomplishes more than a lot of feature length films and i cannot wait for this fucking movie biggest hype of 2021 for me right now yeah 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 <laughs> I 100% agree with everything you said. Uh, Double down, triple down, quadruple down on everything you just said. Please go and watch the trailer. Now it comes to sometimes a hard part of trailer versus trailers (laughs) deciding what trailer is the best one. Uh, Ian, I know I don't really have to ask, but what trailer do you prefer this week? Oh my God, it's (laughs) Judas and the Black Messiah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a trailer that we have covered that could rival, uh, go ahead, rival this for me right now. How about you, Ben? Ben, was this a hard decision for you? Have you deliberated? Have you finished your deliberation? It was so tough. I'm actually going to have to go with, no, of course not. (laughs) This is Judas and the Black Messiah, man. You got a hundred percent, a thousand percent. If you couldn't tell, this is so anticlimactic. If you couldn't tell by how we introduced the fucking trailer, this is obviously a better trailer. Yeah. It just is. Um, this is, anyone yeah. who is interested in editing, in like how, in if, if like that's your fucking shtick, you like making trailers, this is a fucking must watch. Must watch. Um, yeah, it is. And and uh, with that being said, do you have anything else you'd like to add, E? <laughs> No, that felt pretty damn good. I'm just hyped. I'm I'm just gonna be sad for the next year that it's not time to watch the movie, The Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, y'all. If you think there was a movie that was equal to or better than a uh, movie trailer that was equal to or better than Judas and the Black Messiah, and you wanted us to cover it, please let us know. Any of our social media platforms at Too Many Flicks, the number two and an X at the end. Um, if you have something for us in the next couple of weeks that we can put together, uh, pit together against each other to see which trailer is the better trailer again let us know at those social media Mm -hmm. platforms we'll get back to you as soon as we can now let's move on to our next segment in the studio with no central ac flicks news all right first things getting us kicked off in the newsroom ben affleck has officially been confirmed to return for a new Flash movie directed by Andy Muccietti. This comes from Anthony Bresnikin at Vanity Fair. So, Anthony, thank you for doing some of that heavy lifting for us there. Uh, For... Folks who are familiar with the situation, Ben Affleck was once Batman. He did, what, like two movies as Batman? Mm -hmm. Signed on to direct and star in a standalone Batman film and then left the project for personal reasons. He said it was taking a toll. Uh, And now we have Robert Pattinson and uh, Matt Reeves as Batman, which did just release a new logo uh, with a concept drawing of its suit. But now Ben Affleck is coming back. One more time for this movie. Uh, It does seem to be some sort of multiverse thing, which people who are fans of comics are no strange 
Strange or two. Uh, supposedly, it is just a cameo, but w- w- Muschietti claims that it is a substantial part of the film, saying that he draws on the parallels that he sees between Barry and Bruce. And yeah, apparently that's uh that's that's happening. Ben, as the as the comic book aficionado of the podcast, uh, tell me, is this a good move? Is this a, an exciting move, or is this uh, is this kind of confusing? Aficionado is a a, a uh, gracious word, sir, to use. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, this is fucking confusing. Uh, okay, so I feel two ways about it, and I'm, I'll be brief, and we'll get to our next point here. Sure. Um, one, I'm glad that he's closing out his arc. That's great. I think it makes for a better thematic arc for him, and also for audiences to be like, okay, fine, we get a finality, a finality with his character. Sure. As Batman, that's great. What I don't like is that there's another Batman in another universe that doesn't live alongside of this Batman. I'm tired of that. I mean, the reason why, and I think any director or producers or crews, if they come together and they want to do something separate within that universe, that's fine. I don't want to, I don't think you should hold down anyone creative, creatively. Um, and Matt Reeves wanted that, I think, at least as far as we know for right now, the Ruben Mills and that he's also um, alluding to that it doesn't have anything to do with the DCEU. But I need the execs to come out and say, okay, this is what's happening for sure. This is going to be, sure. you know what I mean? And it's still hazy and it's a weird time to have a Batman logo come out and then also have uh, this ben news Affleck. drop like literally a week or two exactly. after. Exactly. If you're a casual sure. fan, you're going to get confused. There, there was a lot of confusion while the DCU was running anyway because they, a lot of people thought Nolan Batman was still in the, and they, so there was confusion. Like not everyone wa- listens to podcasts about movies or watch is pot you know things about movies on youtube not everyone sure. does people are mostly casual fans and like what the fuck's happening it's confusing i will mm-hmm. say i always thought it was a good idea to use the flash to clean up some of the fucking turmoil and the messiness in this universe to get a fresh start because of the flashpoint um comic book series it makes sense to use him sure. as a vehicle and having two batmans is fine i think it will pan out andy muschietti also is a phenomenal director so i have faith i think this is let me let me pitch yeah. you this ben go ahead because i i didn't mention this i forgot to mention this rather hmm. it's not just two batmans michael keaton's batman is apparently going to make an appearance as well right <sighs> right um so, <laughs> so, 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 got, so actually three batmans we've got at least three bat three baddies if they can brilliantly weave it in to make it make sense then you know by all means if they have a plan sure. again andy muschietti is a very good director we've seen what he can do seems like he has a plan to weave this in one i don't need to see a batman origin story i will literally walk out of the movie oh, theater for the love of god i'm not I know. doing it not doing it anymore we don't need it so get that we've shit. had it for like 30 something years now <laughs> yeah we all know what fucking batman has done we know we know how he's gotten there we know his parents stop um but i think it could work i think it's definitely gonna put butts in seats by having michael keaton in there this might be one of the, the highest grossing dc movies because of the nostalgia um and seeing how they these two will work i mean it, i think it can work it can work i have my reservations that's where i'm Mm. at uh dare i say cautiously optimistic (laughs) 
Ha 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 ha! It's back, baby. It's it's back. Gonna put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> goddamn it, merch. Uh, all right. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that, Ian, or should we go on to our next topic? No, I, I'm curious to see how they do it. I'm not a huge DC person myself. Uh, I always did kind of like the Flash and the Justice League cartoons, so maybe that'll get me to see this, and I'll I'll see what all of this what are, what all these Batmen are doing in my movie. <laughs> what? what are you all doing here? Why are there so many? So fucking many. They, they just love themselves some Batman because it made him so much money. But like at the same time, like can we stop? Can we chill out on Batman for a little bit? Give him some time to fucking breathe. Let's let's pump the bat brakes on the Batmobile Jeez, and just. Yeah, because seriously, if it, I was about to go off on a tangent. No. Spider-Man and Batman. Nope. Yeah. Not happening. Also, the Green Lantern is, a, I think, a superior universe, superior hero who was bundled, bungled at first, but they should revisit that and hopefully they will and do it correctly because there's so much you can do with that. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, it's much stronger canon personally for me. All right, here we go. Second topic. Sundance film Cuties lands at Netflix. Oh boy. Marketing team slammed for using exploitative images. Charles Barfield, my God, my dude, is always on our Flix news list because he the rock, is, the he solid rock um, to which we moor our <laughs> yep. tenuously tethered newsroom. Yeah, thank you so much, Charles, at <laughs> the playlist. Um, so they also apologize, uh, Netflix execs. I don't know what the fuck the U.S. Netflix execs were fucking thinking with this. What were they thinking? Jesus, it's pretty bad. Like, and and Ian, you know, I think he showed me the French poster, which was very cute. Fine. Yes. Um, even if they are twerking, like, you know, that's personally, that's fine for me. Like whatever, like, you know, there's dancing. It's not a big deal. Um, but right. to put and them- it's dancing that is actually grounded in a, in a yeah. culture, exactly. which from what I've read about cuties, because the, the, the premise for the movie is that this young girl is, she comes from a very conservative religious uh, family, this young French girl. And I think they tie the actual origins and culture of twerking twerking is actually it, it came into prominence in if i recall correctly new orleans in the 1980s but uh and it was it was sort of a, a jovial sort of celebration uh of like m- the music that was happening at the time there and just like uh it generally just fucking good time dance it actually is has its roots in a, a style of dance known as mapuka i think i'm saying that right god i hope i'm saying that right uh which is found in the ivory coast senegal all over different parts of of uh, the African continent. And it is historically there uh, meant to be sort of just like a self, self-expression self and sort of a, a, a mm-hmm. rebuttal of like, a, of you know, like more patriarchal sort of ideas of femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think from what I understand, the movie like has some really, really great stuff in it, but for whatever reason, the American <laughs> Netflix promotional team decided, and, and the French poster uh, is like the main young girl and like her supporting cast i think there's like three or four other young girls in the cast and they're like walking down a street with like bags and there's confetti in the air and it's like really like cool and sweet the american one looks like someone let donald trump be the photographer yeah that's a good like, way to describe that's what it, it looks like and it's gross and it's disgusting and at least one of the young girls in the photo looks incredibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. so like netflix made the right move to apologize but like where just where did that come from well, the fuck you, you know? shouldn't even been here to begin with i yeah um fuck i hope that all made sense <laughs> mm-hmm. but like 
it's a wild time because this this is a French film that it is written and directed by, uh, and I'm going to uh, screw up her name, so I am sorry in advance. But uh, Maimouna Ducoy, she is a a, a French woman, um, actress and director and writer. Uh, and so this film, I think, is coming from a really really good place, and it's a coming of age story. But holy shit, did it did it not get a good first impression in the states? Yeah, here's the thing: not all, not all press is good press. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so this is definitely not a good step forward. Uh, do better. Come on, guys. What the fuck? Like, yeah. come on. What? Like, really? Sexualizing children? Like, stop. That's fucking really all insane. I have to say about that. Is like, fucking stop. Yeah. I don't That's really, really have anything all else. they're needed to be. The express, yeah. yeah, it's just like, we shouldn't see that. That shouldn't even be a thing. You shouldn't have to apologize. It shouldn't have been thought. Like, you had so many execs look at that and gave it the green light. Like, I know mm-hmm. you green light everything, Netflix, but fucking come on. Oh, damn. <laughs> Jesus fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, anything else you got to say? and... <laughs> Uh, that that's all friends like there's like you know if we missed any other monumental news that dropped uh, recently please feel free to reach out and let us know we at the time of this recording uh like there's some stuff about tenant and whatnot but everyone's gonna be talking about tenant so we did yep. kind of just let that fall by the wayside go check it out there's a three minute travis scott music video it's dope that's the news though do it the news the news god damn that's hot as hell Get some ice. Jesus. Oh God. my God. Man, why did you Man. tell me it was so <sighs> goddamn hot? So hot God. in here. God. Well, like Nelly shit. said, the great Nelly. So hot in here. So take off <laughs> yeah. all your clothes. Yeah, the poet Nelly. All right. You got a hot oh, take boy. today. Hang on. I don't want to get. No, we can't do that. We can't do this. We're going to get. We get sued. He's going to yell at us. Cease and desist. desist. If we can get Nelly's eyes on this podcast, (laughs) y'all, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) What you got for us today? Anyway, this was a great conversation. Matt is here. (laughs) Let's go. You know, you know what time it is. Uh, Listeners from uh, the last episode will know that I had sort of a, a bold take a bold claim some might consider it hot and that 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 take that claim you might ask the world's end is edgar wright's best film Mm. like can we just stop and just like appreciate that that is uh canon now um yeah that's uh that so yeah there you go that's the hot take thanks for tuning in uh that's fact yeah, there, there uh, it is. All it's right. great that everybody uh <laughs> i think we can move on yeah i think yeah. I, um, yeah I think we're i think we're good uh thanks for tuning in yeah uh no ian defend your claim mm. go yes <laughs> okay um Here's the thing. Edgar Wright is a brilliant visionary director. There's mm-hmm. there's no disputing that. Th- uh, projects like Scott Pilgrim push the limit in terms of a, a suspension of disbelief and how you use a heightened uh, text and transitions diegetically. Uh, it's it's really creative and it's really fun. Something that I really like about The World's End and it's it's the way that it cho- that it wraps up the whole Cornetto trilogy, which for folks who are unfamiliar, Edgar Wright's uh, got three films that star primarily Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's uh, Shaun of the Dead,
Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Uh, this is typically referred to as the Cornetto trilogy because of the ice cream cones that they eat in every single movie. The World's End does this really, really daring thing that I don't think a lot of storytellers feel confident in doing, where it just allows itself... It's a comedy movie that allows itself to be sad, you know? Uh, and it, it it is very deliberate in its pace. Everything is so specific. And here here's the great thing. Uh, minor spoiler alert, I guess. But, like, this is half the fun, I think. They tell you the whole movie in the, in the very beginning. I really love a story that gives you all of the puzzle pieces. And is like, okay, you have the puzzle pieces. If you're smart enough, like, you can figure it out. But we are confident enough in our story that we're going to let you see it all. Because... That's, that's half the fun, is doing that math. On top of this, it is a complete subversion of the typical sort of archetypes that you see in films, maybe even archetypes that if Edgar Wright and co. didn't uh, help establish, definitely helped legitimize and solidify, wherein you typically have like the more attractive uh, uh, male co-star be the like grounded one, and you have like, you know, like the sort of bigger build individual be like, the goofy comedic relief, ha 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 ha, and like this one does it beautifully where we got that for two whole movies we've seen these two actors do do that it would have been unfulfilling to see them do it a third time so they took a massive risk and literally had a, a swap of archetypes that generally i feel like studio heads and other big producers and like you know big brain execs or whatever would not normally allow to happen yeah i could i could keep expounding yeah. uh and i i have a few more points but i'm curious to hear if you all have have any thoughts or pushback on on what I've introduced here? Uh, Ooh, it is indeed a spicy take. Um, yeah, one that I actually agree with. I <laughs> I think it's probably <laughs> his strongest one. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was my favorite. I remember purchasing it from like a fucking like Target or something, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try this one out. I've liked Hot Fuzz. I liked you know Shaun of the Dead. Let's see what this is about. Um, I just think it's a better made movie than the, the other two. I just think it's a full solidly structured and shot film and i think it's just the cleanest out of the three yeah um, and, and, and then here's of, well here's here's where my take becomes i guess quote unquote spicy is that i, I think it's uh his best out of his catalog like not even just the coronetto trilogy i i genuinely do absolutely think that it's stronger than scott pilgrim or or baby driver that's a that, okay mm. so when you put it up against baby and i was just about to get it get to that uh i'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that point up but when you put it up against a movie like baby driver ah uh, I, I need to i need to i need for you to better uh flesh that out between sure th- yeah all right so baby driver i'm not here to say uh that it's a bad movie uh, it's not you know yeah. to, to make uh, to say that baby driver is a bad movie yeah. or to make the claim for that matter that uh the world's ends stunts are better than baby drivers or something because i'm not going to say that at all what edgar wright is a master of is using action to tell story and he does it beautifully in both films just on different scales mm-hmm. what i really like about the world's end over baby driver it feels more atmospheric mm. to me he does a better job of cultivating atmosphere uh and establishing more compelling themes for me with like themes of uh, addiction themes of freedom of choice themes of uh, uh maturity versus uh, uh youthfulness and like what does that mean like do you give up certain freedoms for happiness or do you like maintain all your freedoms and like live a wild and reckless life it, it, there's there's i 
felt like The World's End is really ambitious, not only in how it approaches comedy, which is to say, like, kind of with a morbid uh, sort of mask on, but also in how, like, its its scope of themes, like, the amount of themes that they try to tackle in this one film. It's just, I genuinely don't think that there's anything like it. Like, I'm I'm trying to talk about it without giving away spoilers so that people feel inspired to go watch it. It's so hard. Um, There there is a moment towards the final twist Mm -hmm. in the third act. Spoiler, like, I guess minor spoiler. Spoiler alert. There is a third act twist in an Edgar (laughs) Wright film. Surprise. Um, (laughs) But towards the third act, like, there is just... (sighs) Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, I feel like, definitely worked really, really closely to establish Gary King, is the character he plays, Gary King's sort of circumstances in this film. And there comes a, a moment that is set up so beautifully just about 10 minutes earlier when uh, the crew, uh, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with The World's End, the premise is essentially a group of uh, middle-aged men who were really close friends in high school attempt to go on a pub crawl that goes so disastrously wrong, they actually end up causing the apocalypse. Um, And so there comes a moment in this pub crawl where the gang, the group, is very mistrusting of each other. And they uh, ask a very simple thing of Gary, and he absolutely refuses to do it. And it's like, you know that Gary's not necessarily the bad guy here because we followed him this whole movie, but we also don't know, like, we, we've had this mystery surrounding Gary sort of the whole time, and then it finally, like, comes to fruition in a very beautiful, poignant moment. It stops in the middle of this action comedy fucking mosh pit, and then there's just a moment of real high-caliber acting between Frost and Peg, where they just, like, get to be fucking humans, and I don't think that that happens in a lot of heightened genre uh, fiction in movies. Mm. And that that specifically, that moment uh, really, really gets at me. But to, to touch back on uh, and, and bump up against Baby Driver once again, Baby Driver might have the superior stunts uh, and Edgar Wright and his stunt teams are an endless fount of creativity and ingenuity and fresh inventive ideas. My favorite fight scene of all time is still probably one fight scene in the world's end. Spoiler alert, on this pub crawl, they get into a fight in a bar yeah, and there is <laughs> uh, one particular like five-ish minute fight sequence wherein Gary King, whose goal is to finish a pint in every pub, is finishing, a, there is a there is a whole sight gag, which again, Edgar Wright excels in, wherein he is constantly trying to finish a single pint over the course of this whole fight. Meanwhile, one of his friends who's like a Nick Frost character who's an ex-rugby player has armed himself with bar stools mm-hmm. and like just like really goofy visual comedy but done so well and like the action is always crisp and clear and concise and I can always tell what's happening which is difficult for a lot of action directors to accomplish especially in a fray so frenetic as a bar fight y'all when I tell you The World's End is like his best film I- I'm not just trying to say that to like get people incensed I this is a genuinely held belief of mine everything from the very first time the soundtrack hits which uh introduces the uh the working title uh card like and like the way that the working title transitions into like a glass of like a pint or something like oh it's just 
It's it's a good one. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good one. And what's more, I think it's I think it's a highly underrated one because it is sort of a sci-fi genre film, and people like don't take it seriously enough. But I think that it it, it touches on some real and difficult themes, very honestly and meaningfully and earnestly, in a way that a lot of its its peers either can't or won't. I will definitely say this is usually overshadowed, of course, by the other two in the franchise. No one, I rarely hear anyone talk about. Well, and because yeah. this is an excellent point, mm-hmm. and I think it's because they do take those risks mm-hmm. that it's not like his most popular film. It's not the most easily digestible. Not everyone wants to watch a, a, a comedy action movie and talk about alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to watch a goofy common ac- comedy action movie and talk about like it, what it like what it means to uh, grow up. Like you don't want to have to think about like subservience or brand loyalty or something. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think all of those themes are. are are definitely there in Hot Fuzz in Shaun of the Dead. Like Hot Fuzz sort of, you know, uh, this commentary on extrajudicial justice and and uh, uh, like the like just general themes of, of violence and over policing and and stuff like that. Uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead, you have like themes of conformity and stuff, but like they're they're there, but they're not actually very personal. You know, those are gotcha. sort of uh, gotcha. those are sort of big universal things that we can all be like, yeah, like I know I get the nebulous sort of theme here. Like I understand conformity and how I fit uh, or how the theme of conformity fits into my uh, life and framework, but something like alcoholism where it's like oh yes haha we can go on this goofy fun pub crawl gary's got a fucking problem though like gary's got a problem that's 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 immediate and it's very personal and Mm. it's something that i feel like is a little more difficult to unpack in a in a comedy movie Uh, you know can i can i ratify your point just a little bit here i think i think he missed a huge point Mm. hit me with it yes at world's end has pierce brosnan in it and that's all you had to say that's <laughs> Too plus long ten for Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> you get plus ten to goodness for for Pierce Brosnan in anything. It's right. just a yeah, yeah. common known fact. Yes, yeah, well, <laughs> Matt, you said you sounded like you had something. Yeah. That you so have. the thing is, and I I think the reason why people don't count the world's end as his best film is because, and and I I, I started to talk about this with you, where I said that I agree with you, but and there is and mm. there is a but, and the but is this: it is not his funniest movie. It is there, I think Hot Fuzz is funnier. I think Shaun of the Dead is also funnier. I I think that as comedies, both of those do a better job at having moments of humor that stick with you and are um, kind of like iconic. Mm. This movie Mm. is like, yeah, it's funny, but it's like not really a comedy. Mm. It's like, you know, there are funny moments, but like it is actually very it's it's actually kind of sad and i think that's mm-hmm. why so many people don't like it is because it's because it's very personal and because it's very frank in its uh because the thing is that you know there are there are these elements right of like as you said alcoholism and uh and and these these other things but really at the heart of it like as you said it's about growing up and it's about uh. wanting to recapture 
childhood magic, like those moments that you hold dear as you get older and move away from, um, that I think everyone who gets older can resonate with. Everyone kind of has those Mm -hmm. nostalgic moments. But it's really talking about what happens if you never go outside of your nostalgia bubble Mm. and... For whatever reason, again, we're not going to spoil anything, but... Sure, yeah. You know, it is a... I I think it is a very honest look at failure. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, it is technically a comedy, but the overwhelming feeling coming off of it isn't like lighthearted fun. It's right. It's feelings of loss. It's loss. It's real palpable, yes. powerful loss, and 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 this sort of nebulous loss where you don't even know what you've lost because what you've lost is like potential. Like you've lost something you never even had. I'm it's gonna push part- back on you I'm gonna push back on you right now that this movie is not funny because I think that it's just the comedy is just a little more understated than the other ones the other ones were a little more slapsticky and evident in the very first train state there's a train station sequence where they're all waiting for Gary as you all remember like Gary has mm-hmm. individually promised each of them whatever they need to get the band back together and they're all sitting at the train station there are like a dozen jokes packed into the two minutes of that train station sequence like no lie like minute for minute this film doesn't miss a beat to give you a joke unless they're trying to be serious like they're very well of course because it's an Edgar Wright film and because he's a brilliant writer there is never a wasted moment in any of his movies he's just so good he's so good at that I do agree with you that it it is funny but it's a different kind of humor hot fuzz is like laugh out loud funny um and is quotable Shaun of the Dead is quotable they're Mm -hmm. they're this one is slightly less quotable and is a little more subtle, is a little more... Um, There's a little more nuance in the yeah, jokes. Yeah, it is more subtle. Mm. And that's that's uh, that's what I was trying to get at by saying it's not an easily digestible film. Yeah. Uh, Best is such a tricky word. <laughs> that's okay. That's why I'm claiming yeah. it. That's why it's, yeah. my, it's mine. Yeah. It's my hot take. Uh, yeah. This yeah. is his best movie, and I can't wait for him to make a better film. Okay, I Because that means that there that. will be a film that uh, I like more than this one from him and that's a high bar I like all of his movies but this one is the bestest for me and that's that's my hot take that's y'all hot can take. y'all hot can take. come find me if you want well uh <laughs> well that is a good hot take my friend uh I love it I love it do we ha- do, do you have another hot take Matt what about I, you I have a hot take I have a okay. hot take okay. that I'm I'm a little bit scared to share okay. because I, I know both y'all Oh, <sighs> okay <laughs> My hot take is that I think that overall the MCU <laughs> movies are poorly no. written. Are what now? I mean, what poorly written. MCU they're, movies they're poorly are poorly written. written. The MCU movies oh. are poorly written. I can see. And that. I have and I have specific criteria for why that I will get into next time we do this. Yeah, I can. I can actually somewhat. Well, we'll see what, how I feel about it when we get into it uh, <laughs> the next episode. And it's not it's not what you think i i can kind of understand where you're coming rolling like over like i just i'm nervous about this because i know uh a while back uh there were there were a couple of times in our our friendship where ian and i got into this uh uh, over guardians of the galaxy um and i look forward to getting into it uh on on record (laughs) oh boy jeez oh 
Okay, I I love to have this debate. Uh, so our next episode, uh, the MCU's uh, films are poorly written. There you go. And, uh, Fuck it, I'm dying on this rock. I probably, sir. Here's your bed. Uh, you have made it yourself. We I... shall leave you uh, those mint on the pillow. And uh, seems to be it seems to be sun. full of broken glass and shit. Ian, <laughs> but, um... I, I, d- I did not make the bed. You have made it for yourself. But I... <laughs> Why have you carved die die into the mint? It's actually quite exquisite work. Amazing. Um, yeah. The calligraphy lessons are paying <laughs> off. Word. Oh man. Yeah. So tune in next time uh, for for that fun little biscuit. Oh goodness! Oh, that you know what time that is. Hope oh. <laughs> you know what time that is. I, just, I heard the ding. Uh, Matt instantaneously evaporated. Yep. Poof. That must mean it's time for some trivia. It's time trivia. to do a learn. Time to do a learn. Hacha! Hacha! Learn time. What glorious kernel of power are we going to receive today in the form of knowledge? What are we learning about? I don't know. I would like to for my cat to learn to not run while I'm recording with the little bell on the neck. <laughs> That's never going to happen, BP. Nope, we got to keep moving. Never gonna <laughs> Something We can always dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, today we're talking about uh, Batman movies because a lot of Batman news um, this week. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. Um, you, uh, you know what? I'm going to kick us off. That's cool. Absolutely. What you got for me? All right. How did Val Kilmer lose five pounds while filming Batman Forever? Mm. He would skip meals to fit in the suit. The suit was so heavy. He just had a lot of stress on set, on production. He had to lose weight for another film. Which Oof. one? Okay. I'm really hoping it's not this one. That being said, early superhero film costumes are notorious for just being like the worst fucking garments on earth. I'm mm. going to say he skipped meals to fit into the suit. Uh, uh, no, uh, he, you know, to be fair, he could have skipped meals, but that was not on the trivia, right. uh, but the suit was just really heavy. It was huh, so okay. heavy. He lost five pounds while filming it. Well, I am glad that yep. I was wrong. This may be one of the few instances where I'm glad I was wrong. Good on you, Val. <laughs> Good on you, Val. All right, what you got for me? Ben, there was a long list of actors in line to portray the Joker in Tim Burton's 1989 Batman. Which of these weren't on said list? Robin Williams, Willem Dafoe, David Bowie, or J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons. Yeah, fine. He wasn't on the list. Fine. Okay. I, did, I just know that because he, his career didn't really pick off until uh, kick off until like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I checked his IMDb page and he had like TV credits at 86. I was yeah. like, okay, maybe I can like. No. I can stretch this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. The second one for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Which one of these things about Christian Bale did not happen while filming Batman Begins? Christian Bale lost his voice three times during filming. Oof. Christian Bale's trailer didn't have his name on the door, but said Bruce Wayne instead. The first day of filming that Christian Bale tried on the Batsuit, he stayed in it all day in an effort to get used to it. When in the Batsuit, Christian Bale was rude and aggressive to the crew members on set. Mm. <laughs> He is kind of methody. I really want don't want her to be rude though. You don't gotta be rude to be in character, dog. Um, I'm going to go with. <laughs> it's a tough one because they easily could all be right. I'm gonna say that uh, the the I'm gonna say that the trailer name one. I'm gonna say that they were like it did say no because he's so methody. Fuck no. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> hold on. Okay. Fuck this guy. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. 
He didn't lose his voice three times during. No, he uh, he didn't. I'm going with A. I just got to lock an A. Otherwise, I'll flip flap all over. A. All right. Uh, <laughs> you're wrong. It is funny how you think that he was aggressive and rude to the crew members on set. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that like, one is actually Batman false. and he's like doing his Batman <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> I asked for my coffee five minutes ago. Like, oh, fuck. Sorry, the dog. It's not dog. It's it's the darkness. <laughs> because <laughs> he totally to be fair he probably was rude and aggressive to people on set while in the bad costume well and i'm gonna <laughs> say that the terminator salvation incident certainly didn't help anything yeah. in my mind yeah. <laughs> but that was not one of the things that was listed that's good that makes me happy okay uh, yes that was actually false but yeah he all those other <laughs> things were true they were right, very right. true Okay, yeah. Ben. Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger made a cool $27 million for portraying Mr. Freeze Jesus. in Batman and Robin. If only. <laughs> how much money, knowing that he made $27 million, how much money did Arnold Schwarzenegger make per pun? Oh, God. <laughs> Is the number 5 million? Is the number 500,000? Is the number 1 million? Or is the number 2 million? He has a lot of puns in this, man. Is it 27 27 puns. Dollars? Or 27 million, yes. Thank you. Uh, that's how much money he made on this, right? Yep, he made 27 million flat rate. And he had something in his contract where he made puns? Are you, I'm no, no, no. This is, yeah. just, this is just sort of a retrospective thing. Like, he didn't make money per pun. Oh, okay. But his character makes a lot of puns over the course of the film. And someone did the math. Technically, he made this amount of money per pun. Okay. See, there's a, there's a component missing. Uh, I don't know how many puns he made exactly. Exactly. So I cannot do the math. Exactly. That's why I gave I you four you. options. I got you. That's why you gave me four options. So <laughs> I have to retroactively do the math in my brain by trying to guess how many fucking puns he had. Jesus, Ian, I have a math <laughs> deficiency, bro. <laughs> so Let alone. Okay. Uh, dude, I don't know. Uh, he did. Five million. It was actually just a little under one million per pun. Okay. He makes twenty-seven puns or twenty-eight puns. Mm. Twenty-seven puns over the course of the film. He made twenty-six million. Excuse me, that was my confusion. I misread that. Okay. But still wrong. He made twenty-six million, <laughs> and over the course of Batman and Robin, makes twenty-seven puns, making nearly a million dollars per pun. Uh, good on him, I guess. Right? Uh, just must be nice. Uh, <laughs> all right, are you ready for your last one? I am. Give it to me. What you got? At the request of Michael Keaton, what was added to the Batsuit for Batman Returns? Nipples. No, go ahead. A zipper for the <laughs> pants, a butt flap for pooping, nipples, a bigger cod piece. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with zipper. Is that your final answer? Zipper is going to be my final answer because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Normally, uh, barring some uh, nutritional catastrophe, you can kind of hold a poo, uh, <laughs> you know? Like, but uh, uh, the thing about the P is that like when it when it comes, it comes with force and you don't ever really like know when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I could just imagine like, all right, everybody take five. Like, okay, it's like 10 minutes just to get out of the suit. I can't go piss. Fuck me. So I'm going with zipper. It was actually a bigger cod piece. What? No, I'm teasing a zipper. You're right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Keaton didn't strike me as that type. Like, he seems pretty cool <laughs> yeah. with himself. Michael Keaton was like, look, uh, I want my dick to be bigger. <laughs> I need people to realize that my dick is actually like huge. Not just like big, but like huge. huge. So if you could just like amp up yeah. the cod. Yeah. Amp up the cod like 20%. As a matter of fact, when I get on set and we're doing uh, hair and makeup, I need to see at least five cod pieces uh, to, so I can choose from one of those. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. <laughs> 
what Uncle we're Keaton's, not doing that Keaton's like really obsessed with like the size of his fucking dick holder isn't he like well he wanted five cod pieces I went and got five cod pieces yeah. can I see the dailies real quick yeah uh, that's not gonna work for me I need something a little bit bigger Tim hey uh, I brought I brought my own cod piece TB Mike that's literally just a, that's literally just a dildo Mike <laughs> We can't let you wear the dildo on screen, Mike. It's not. TB, Tim, mm-hmm. where's my mm-hmm. codpiece? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the codpiece is fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, okay, and that was hold. the last day Tim had on set. Hold, we uh, <laughs> need to adjust his codpiece. Make Someone sure it's lit well, Someone get out the codpiece pump again. <laughs> Make sure it's lit well. Hold on. We need to get the ga- gaffing. We need to crew. <laughs> I need a little bit of a softer light on the cod piece, please. <laughs> please, can we can we please block out that excess light? I really want to. Uh, well, it's not me. It's Michael. Michael really wants us to make sure that the cod piece is uh, well lit. That it's it's right. it's well defined. <sighs> I am the night. Uh, my cod piece is. <laughs> Justice. I'm sorry. <laughs> should I give you a third question yeah, or should you cancel should. our podcast <laughs> right going. now for whatever that was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really great. They were like doing this like goofy trivia about Batman right. and then they launched into like a four minute bit about Michael Keaton's cod piece. It just, it lost me. <laughs> they lost me. Uh, unsubscribe. <laughs> All right, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> In 2008, Christian Bale promised he would never make another Dark Knight feature if the powers that be were to include which character? The Penguin, Batwoman, Robin, or Poison Ivy? Robin. Yeah, all right, yeah, fine. Fine. <laughs> Master of the of the knowledge. Yes, it's it's Robin. Yeah, I he wouldn't think Robin either. is a Robin's terrible. <laughs> Robin is kinda lame. It's yeah. so lame, dude. I never enjoyed Robin. I just never. So Robin was almost going to be in the nineteen eighty nine Batman. Do you know who they had uh shortlisted to play Robin if they added him? Who? Eddie Murphy. And that ends <laughs> trivia yeah, for today. <laughs> Wait, excuse me? <laughs> what? <laughs> that was almost a trivia question I was going to throw on there, yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy has been tied to the Batman franchise for a long time, actually. Like, really? in all honesty. Like, it's been very weird, because they wanted him for this... Uh, well, he his name was being tossed around for this new film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it was tossed around a few times for the Nolan film. I, for some reason... <laughs> Eddie Murphy. They really want to put this nigga in the franchise. It just never works. <laughs> well, that's what's kind of bad. Murphy. Now I want him in it. Right. He's a good riddler. I just, in my, I, I need five cot pieces. And where's Eddie? <laughs> where's Eddie? I thought he was going to be in this. That's why I signed up. <laughs> I thought I was going to be hanging with Eddie Murphy. Ah, oh, shit. TB, you didn't tell me Eddie wasn't going to be a... <laughs> we, fi- we fired him. He's gone. He's... <laughs> He's going to make another 48 hours movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was really looking forward to, to talking about Raw with Eddie. Well, that's... And now the whole vibe like, of the set is off. Like, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. He's not a... Like, okay. You know what? I know. Let's like, just close this fucking episode. <laughs> I cannot with this fucking topic right now. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, friends, thank you for listening. Hopefully, got you some fucking uh, trivia in your brain. Uh, let us know next week on any of our social media platforms, Too Many Flicks, to number two and the next at the end. If you want us to do a trivia that you like, please, actually, we're begging you. Give us a topic. <laughs> If not next week, sometime in the future, um, which we'll get into on our uh, in our housekeeping things, uh, we'll let you know about our upcoming schedule because we got some things in the works. So let's uh, let's close her out. 
Whew, man, another episode in the B-O-O-K-S. In the books, baby. In the books. That's all the pages of the books going that's on. All, yeah, that's all the pages of the books. At 73, we're close to 80 episodes. Wild. We have a small but loyal following. We love that. We got something in the works. Again, it will be explained to you soon if you just wait to the end of the episode. Uh... <laughs> Ian, why don't you tell the people who you are, how to get in contact with you, and I don't know, what's your favorite noodle dish? Mm. Oh, God. Uh, My name is Ian Gabriel Gonzalez Muntiner. You can find me on social media as Sir Yikesalot at BabyGotKnack. You can find me, that's Twitter. You can find me on Instagram as uh, as SockNinja888. You can find me on Facebook as Ian Muntiner. Um, Goodness, my favorite favorite noodle dish this oh man yeah it could be from any ethnicity or any, yeah, any noodle that's dish. what i'm really struggling with um okay uh i'm gonna go ahead and i'm going to go with like a really really finely made uh alfredo some like oh. some sort of chicken alfredo or something like that yeah. uh it's uh there's so many italian dishes there are a few thai dishes that almost take that almost take it like um i never know <laughs> what it's called until i see it but it's like lard sea something and it's like a gravy broccoli dish mm. um that uses wide noodles but those are that that's 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 what i'm going with that's what i'm sticking to it nice uh, uh, ben mm-hmm. who are you where mm-hmm. can people find you and uh what's your favorite type of beer oh that's a good one uh my name's ben jenkins you can find me on facebook at benjamin Timothy jenkins you can look at my website if you're trying to hire a brother who's about five nine five ten on a good day hey. who's bald has a beard and is looking for work you know tv film <laughs> i do a little theater here and there but i'm trying to go away from that right now i need to be a union before i get on that anyway that <laughs> i digress um yeah you can also find me on twitter at bt jenkins 91 you can find me on instagram at benvolio 91 um yeah uh and my favorite what was it my favorite beer my favorite beer mm-hmm. brand are we talking just like a uh, type type yeah, I'm curious. Dude, that's a good... I'm not a heavy beer drinker. Mm. Um, I, You know, I stay away from these, but they are my favorite type. I stay away from because they're very heavy and big on on the carbs um, and, and, and uh, or calorie intake. Uh, stouts. I like stouts. I like a good oatmeal stout. Mm, I can fuck with a sure. stout. It's it's good. It's rich. It's nice to go with a, a, a dinner. Um, got heavy body. I think it's probably the most flavorful beer there is. I'm not a huge IPA person. I know. I mean, like, I'll fuck with IPA. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'll drink mm-hmm. them. Like, I'm not, like, you know, go out of my way to drink them, though, is the thing, you know? Yeah, you don't seek them out. I got yeah, you. Yeah, uh, Daisy you. Cutter's probably my, my favorite. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, stouts, oatmeal stouts, that's specifically oatmeal stouts, but anything that's stouty, stouty, um, I fuck with. So yeah, there you go. Um, and that's it for us. Um, we got some things cooking up again. I you know, we'll let you know all about it in here in a minute, but, uh, we know that things are going crazy. It's two months until the election, two, three months until the election, almost two now. Uh, so that's going to change the landscape of this fucking country to either Mm -hmm. average mediocre or just fucking horrible (laughs) uh we gotta (laughs) just a lot to, to take into i will do this make sure you vote 
uh, vote, 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 mm-hmm. vote, 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 vote. Specifically, vote blue no matter who. I'm just going to be real with you. Please. For this election, it is uh, unfortunately necessary. Yeah, it's just, uh, okay, fine. That's the type of shit that you, that, and that's fine having that attitude. <laughs> it's fine. Because uh, okay, then we have the, at least the option and the voice to fight like hell on a lot of other things. But uh, please do it. Um, and we know that it's a lot. That's still a lot to take into. You're like, well, what if my vote doesn't count? You know, Ben, you want me to watch all these fucking movies? I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to have a mailbox in my goddamn neighborhood. I get it. 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 It's crazy. It's a crazy fucking time to be alive. Oh, my God. Ain't it crazy? And we know. We know you're stressing out and you need some cigarettes. Or some whiskey, or you just need to do some yoga, and you don't got time to be thinking about the Batman and Tenet and all this other shit. But don't mm-hmm. worry, we got you because we are too many flicks, and we watch all the flicks so that you don't have to. to the end of the episode thank you so much for listening all the way through we have a few things that we want to cover with you before we sign off here first things first if you want to get in contact with us for anything at all like please leave a comment like subscribe anything like that you can contact us on any of our social media platforms it's number two and an x at the end that's at too many flicks the number two and an x at the end and we will get back to you as soon as we can again like subscribe comment on anything that you see there also on any of the podcasting streaming platforms please rate our show and review it that way we can trick the algorithm into thinking that we have a lot more listeners than we actually do but we do have a faithful base of listeners and we are happy that you guys are are with us because we can't do it without you um, also if you want to get in contact with us via email you can do that as well that's too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com that's too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com and I'm almost done, guys. I promise you here. But I want to let you guys know that this show is moving in different directions. Um, not anything too drastic, but we're trying our best to finally take that step forward and move the podcast over to, you know, platforms like YouTube. So that way, not only can you listen to us, but you can hear us because we understand that not everyone can listen to an entire podcast without any visual stimuli. And we want to give uh, more people a chance to actually see uh the background and how things work behind the scenes and we can just establish a really cool dynamic between viewer listeners and us um, because you guys are a part of the show just as well as we are you help us make it just as well as we make it ourselves so again we thank you very much also we have D&D podcast coming soon that's going to be headlined by our good friend and audio engineer Matt Frost be on the lookout for that um so we need some time to make these moves happen so what's going to happen here with the structure of the show is that we'll drop too many flicks proper every two weeks we know there's a lot of movie news a lot of things going on right now we will get back to our weekly schedule but right now uh, we're kind of front-loaded with a lot of, of the business side of everything, so we want to make sure we get everything done and done in a professional manner. So you'll see the show fluctuate from week to week, um, which is good. It's a good thing. We'll just have a lot of news to cover in that week, but we will do it enthusiastically like we always do. But Stream Theory, which is a little easier for us to um, produce, 
will come out weekly. So you can still look forward to a show being weekly. Um, and that stream theory will review anything that's on a streaming platform. And too many flicks proper, that's every two weeks. Just giving you guys a heads up um, because we have so many things in the works for you. Just be on the lookout in the next couple of months or so. Uh, we're trying to grow the Too Many Flicks brand as large as possible without it being overwhelming. So just be patient with us as we uh, try to traverse new territory in this uh, this media business. Um, and again, thank you guys very much. Also, we will have links to Black Lives Matter foundations in the details as well. We are not tone deaf. We do know that Black people are still being killed by police officers. It's just no other way to put it. It's disgusting. We believe that Black Lives Matter are here, and we will always do that. And we want to put that out there. Please donate. It's happening here in Chicago. It's happening everywhere. We're sick and fucking tired of it. And we want to make that a, a, a part of this show as well. So if you listen, that means you got to be in support. That means we got to do the legwork just as well as everyone else. And we will use this platform to make sure that people understand the importance of Black Lives Mattering. And that's every black life. And we want to make sure you understand that. That way we are on the same page moving forward. All right, I'm out of here, guys. I know it's a, a longer housekeeping message than usual, but we have a lot, of, lot to cover. So, all right, okay, bye. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>